You're listening to the Three Pixels Tech, Gaming and Movie Podcast, brought to you by Alan Taylor, Martin Gregory and me, Ben Ridley. This episode, I'm going to be talking about The Incredibles 2. Ben, I know you've seen it. Yes. Martin, I know you've seen it not once. Not once. But twice? Yes. Three times? Three times? No, there will not be a price. There will not be a price, I'm afraid. Okay. Maybe Well, between us, we've seen it four times. And I'm really excited to talk about this because this movie was an absolute joy to watch. I've not had this much fun in the cinema for quite a while. Oh, it was a blast. So Incredibles 2 is the sequel to the massively popular The Incredibles, released 14 years ago. And it starts a mere 14 seconds after the first one ended. If you remember, The Incredibles slash The Parr Family, Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, Violet, Dash, and Baby Jack-Jack are all set to fight the Underminer. But due to Mr. Incredible's brash, heavy-handed approach at superheroism, the Underminer escape and the Parr Family are arrested. However, in the disastrous spectacle, they catch the eye of superhero-loving billionaires, the Dever siblings, who make it their mission to restore the image of superheroes in the public eye. And to do that, they want Elastigirl front and center, leaving poor Mr. Incredible at home looking after the kids, a challenge he was not prepared for. But of course, it's a superhero movie, so in retaliation to superheroes coming back, a new supervillain emerges, the Screen Slaver, who hypnotizes people to commit crimes through any screen because they just don't like superheroes. I'll come back to the strength of the plot later. Here's a clip. So, are we going to talk about it? Why? The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes, and Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? You know it's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. You've got to, so our kids can have that choice. Thank you, young man. So I don't know about you guys, I had some trepidation going in. How did you feel before you went into the cinema? Um, nostalgic the, is, is, yeah. is the, is the word I'd use. You know, I you was excited. Oh, I've been dying for this since I was a kid. So yes, I was overly excited from the moment the trailer dropped to the moment I saw the film. Mm. So I've I've done about this film in production for a while, and I was uh, very excited. Very like I even watched the first film just before we went and watched the second. And uh, just to uh, refresh my memory of it all, and even after uh, I watched the first, I could still hear the theme tune in my head. I was, I was going towards the cinema. I, I was so happy and just full of life almost, you know, like I'm ready to enjoy this movie. It's not 2004 anymore. Since the first one, we've been inundated with superhero cinema. Like we're drowning in it. Yeah, I, that's true. Even if this movie was good, I thought, you know, how could it stand out in such a dense field? Of superheroes. You're, you're right. We're in an endless sea of superhero movies. But what I enjoyed about uh, The Incredibles and why I still think to this day it's one of the greatest superhero movies of all time is because it took a, a, a spice of reality. It showed that these people are not just superheroes. These are people who are looking after children. It almost gave you that um, family vibe and almost it showed the common man and woman's struggles to try and bring up their children in in the right way, but at the same time, trying to keep what actually makes them unique 
uh, a secret from the entire world. So yeah, you pretty much took the words straight out of my mouth. The reason this did stand out is because I think they just redid what they did very well last time. This isn't so much a superhero movie, but a comedy about family dynamics. The tension doesn't come from, oh no, the world is going to end. It's, oh no, I've lost the baby and I've got the wife on the phone. You know, oh no, how do I cope with ruining my daughter's love life? Or, oh no, how can I handle being a working mother? So I, I completely agree with you. This is the heart of the movie. But even in the field of superheroisms, we have got a lot more superheroes in this. In the first one, obviously, it was just the core Fantastic Four, basically. Yeah, almost, yeah. And here we've got loads more that join the roster, each with their own power. And I think the powers are really well played with and cleverly you know even individually they played with really well and when they're combined together and against each other they've done it in a really clever way they're very creative you can tell it's come from a bunch of creative minds with fresh new ideas there are superpowers i've never even thought of before let alone seen i think they did quite well realistically of like we said we're in the midst of a massive superhero wave so i feel like everyone came across like they were important even though there were secondary characters throughout they all came across as human and superhero. So I think it was a very good mix there. Character development was on point, is what I'm trying to say. So you did like the character development? Yeah, because it wasn't too brash and it wasn't too in your face. Like, let, let me, can I just list these, some of the, the, the highlighted ones off? Okay, first. go ahead. So let, let's, let's take with, with probably the big one, uh, Elastigirl. In, in the first film, she seemed very determined, very full of herself because she wasn't in the driver's seat. You know, it was Mr. Incredible. He was almost the main guy. He was the superhero that everyone knew. He was the poster child. And still in the first sort of film, you sort of got that with Mr. Incredible. All right, he got captured and he had to be saved by Elastigirl and everything. But you still felt like he was incredible. You felt like he was the top dog. In, in this film, however, he obviously takes a seat back while Elastigirl comes into the forefront. And when she's doing the first mission about the runaway train, I actually felt like, realistically, she has grown as a character. The reason I don't think the character development hit me as hard is because I feel like they learnt the same lessons as in the first movie. At the end of the movie, the lesson they learn is the importance of working together as a family. Do you know what I mean? No, no, that did come across. I think, um, although I said how great development was, there was only one character I can probably say, hand on heart, I thought, this is a massive backtrack. And that was Violet Parr. I felt like nothing really came of her. Yes, you saw more of her in the film and you see her powers sort of developed a bit more. However, I felt like her actual character, I felt nothing for afterwards. I felt like, I think they could have done a bit more with them. Or am I, or am I wrong, Alan? I don't know, I disagree. I think Violet, they did her really well, I thought. Really? I really enjoyed where yeah, they I took really her. because they. That. Yeah, she feels like the one that they continued with as opposed to yeah. did the same thing with. Do you know what I mean? No, how so? Because she did, she did become a bit more of a moody teenager to an extreme. The whole thing about the boyfriend, she really took that to heart and the way she reacted. She took charge of things when Mr. Incredible was at the limit, when he, you know, had to go to sleep for a while, you know. Yeah, so in this one, she took charge and pushed forward, whereas in the first movie, Dash kind of ran off and she was chasing. Do you know what I mean? I really like Dash as well, so maybe I... I pref prefer over him maybe it's a biased opinion Dash was the same character as he was in the first film that's how I felt anyway I felt like he became more jokey more of a comic relief character and he developed in that I way I think everyone became more of a comic character I, this movie was a lot funnier oh, but yeah. not just like the main characters either it's like all the 
side characters were pretty good for the yeah, most part. Yeah, they were very good. Sam Jackson returns as fan favorite Frozone. Yeah. He was great. And Bob Odenkirk and Catherine Keener are great as the billionaire siblings. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they did really well. And of course, the animation looked superb. My favorite bit, for, sorry, I feel like I'm really hijacking your segments here. Uh, my favorite bit actually has got to be the bit where she's in the box and it's like all this flashing lights and everything. And it's that small fight scene. I really enjoyed the animation. It almost came off, I don't know, like the colors and how everything moved. I just felt everything was just, for that brief moment, everything was perfect. <laughs> and generally, it felt like a perfect For a brief moment, moment Martin's life was at peace. I, I generally just sat there and thought, I, I, you know, I actually, I will admit, I was like, go on, girl, you know, get him sort of thing. Like, I was really rooting for it to really solve it. And it was sort of a very... The frame rate really slowed down in that, didn't it? It really made you feel of the, the flashing. Yeah, well, they did get in trouble for epilepsy. Yeah, problems, I did So I did that. wonder about that. I did wonder when I saw but, it. I was like, if I was epileptic, this is pretty bad. But, um, I mean, this is Pixar we're talking about. Yeah. Animation is their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. It's, it is to be expected. But still, even the 60s era style design of the characters still re- works really well and the photorealistic texturing that's going on you know this makes it a big screen movie but what isn't really in pixar's wheelhouse is sequels now, i don't know if you guys agree with me on this but toy story notwithstanding i've largely been underwhelmed by the follow-up they've been putting out finding dory didn't really get me the same way as nemo monsters university didn't really get me the same as ink do you know, we've been getting these recent amazing originals like Inside Out and Coco. I've not really been looking forward to subsequent additions to the franchises. Let's, let's address another situation. You said it was, I think, 14 years since the last one in yeah. 2004. So I feel this film should have come out much earlier than it did. I, Do you? I feel like it should have because, like I said, 14 years is a long time. Um, but what would we have gained by getting it earlier? I just feel like it would have been more fresh in people's memory. As well as, but clearly it's working. But people are still. I, got, I mean, I've watched it the original like a hundred times since it's come yeah, out. Yeah, and it, I mean, you wouldn't have to have seen the first one to to be to watch the second one. Really, I disagree. Okay, well, okay, but still, the second one now will bring the first one back to a new audience who and will have not seen the first one, and they can watch that and then watch the second one. So it's reliving the childhood of people like us who watched the first one but it's also there now bring on board another generation of people who wouldn't have seen it then so they've kind of made the best of both worlds and obviously when the first one came out well I was 11 you guys must be nine and back then it worked as like a surface level action adventure family animated superhero movie right it was great yeah. we loved it as young children yes still but, love it now <laughs> still love it now but because you know like I said I've seen it a hundred times since and getting older I feel like it has a lot more to say, or rather, I have a lot more to say about it. The first Incredibles turned out to be this like Ayn Rand battle of sociological distribution of wealth and power. Syndrome wanted to distribute superpowers to everyone, so everyone was special and no one was. You know, and then he's stopped by an elitist group that want to keep superpowers only in the hands of people who are born with it. My point is that there's a lot to talk about here. And it's refreshing when you keep going back and you get older watching movies. Now, maybe I am too old going into this, but I feel like the main theme of the villain here is a bit overplayed. It's, you know, oh, everyone looks at their screen too much. Now you'll be hypnotized to do things against your will. Yeah. It's, it's relevant, 
but I think it lacks the depth the original had. I felt it was very current with the times as in now. And I like that. Oh, you like that? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, you're glad. So I have no problem with the message. Don't you just feel like it's a little bit overdone? Okay, no, I could see that. But to be fair, I've only seen it once and I've not had 14 years to think about it. So mm. maybe there will be more depth there that I'm not seeing after That's... one viewing. But, I mean, I will say though that it is so much fun and it's definitely funnier than the first one. I genuinely burst out laughing every time baby Jack-Jack was on screen. Yeah, it was a ball to watch. You know, and every character does have their moment and they're all so well represented. Maybe Elastigirl more so, but having you know female better female representation in superhero movies is no bad thing. No, Jack-Jack is probably one of my favourite characters in the film. Oh yeah, stole the show. I, I'll be honest. Also, I liked that his chemistry with his dad as well. Like his dad mm. set always like he was the setup and Jack-Jack just knocked out the park every time. So I honestly, the dynamic to be those two, if they just made a film with those two, I think I could watch that alone as well. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, I did think the, you know, the working mom, stay at home dad's comedy thing has been mined, but they found so much more in there. Oh, it 100%. was so funny. It felt original. So much fun. And it's definitely worth seeing as soon as you can. Go see and it right now. Stay until the end. Not for any post-credit scene, but the music is superb. Yeah, the music kept me. I stayed and yeah. just sat back and just listened to that and listened to the track. The cat who's always chill When survival arms are close to nil Honestly, I have very, very little complaints about this film. I honestly think this is one of, again, this would top um, many lists of people's superhero films. Probably not mine, but it's definitely top 10 of all time. And I feel like they kept the momentum going from the last one, even though it was 14 years. And I still think they probably should have done it earlier, but that's beside the point. I, I Like I said, it was just an enjoyable movie. Like of any age, you could be 6, 60, whatever. I think anyone would enjoy this film. No, Alan no, no! I agree. completely agree. I'm just trying to. You've summed it up perfectly for me. Yeah, it's a film. And there's been Martin's family. review of The Incredibles. I feel with like Alan's it. Help. <laughs> it's, I don't get. I, I'll be honest. I don't get no, any chances. That's fair. Because you always go. Has anyone watched this film? I'm like, no. And Ben's usually like 50-50s, if he has or not. And I'm always like, no. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you both have seen this. <laughs> I'm definitely watching again, but I'm probably gonna wait to watch it at home because movie going is expensive. It is very expensive. But we'll get into that in another. Another conversation now. <laughs> Alan's like, no. <laughs> no you're telling me. Um, if you've seen it, if you're looking forward to seeing it, let me know on Twitter at 3pixelspod or you can email hello at the3pixels.com all words, no numbers. Thank you very much, guys. Or check us out on Facebook, search mm. the3pixels podcast. Thank you very much. So how are they going to check us out on social media if they're not allowed to look at screens? Oh, maybe we'll hypnotize them. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Three Pixels Podcast, a production by Alan Taylor, music provided by Epidemic Sound, and exec produced by Abrupt Audio. With that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night. <laughs>